really bring heaven to earth. How many believe that? So you guys look good today. Everybody looks so pretty and uh, so beautiful and amazing. Just pat yourself on the back. Say, good job, God. He, he created you in his image, so you better be good looking. Because I picture Jesus is pretty good looking. So, uh, But he's perfect no matter what. So, hey, uh, man, I'm just excited to be here. Um, just was part of a really cool thing this morning. Um, was invited by Gainesburg and a couple other churches that put together a community sunrise service. So uh, pretty much already a miracle and an act of God that I was out of bed at 5.30 this morning. Um, man, that comes early when you have a late night and, and uh, you got a big day, right? So, uh, but I showed up, I was like, you know, there'll be a few people. This is just really good that the churches are getting together. And we get there, there's like several hundred people there. Uh, flooding the streets right by the hotel gallery and um, and it was just really amazing and uh, they start with a song and I just began to be moved in the Holy Spirit and just man I'm beginning to cry I was like man these people aren't used to this I I, I don't know if they should see me crying <laughs> they're not used to me but uh, but anyway it was just really awesome and uh, just cool to see the bride come together and uh, so it's just so cool and uh, now here we are and we're in week four of celebrating Jesus so really excited uh, for what he's done in the last four weeks. How many have enjoyed this series? Yes. It's been good. So the first week, let's just recap a little bit. The first week was uh, commissioning and uh, the washing of feet. Jesus washed the feet. And he said that we could actually crush Satan under our feet. So when he prayed and he blessed and he washed the disciples' feet, he was actually, I believe, saying something prophetic. Wherever your feet go, you have authority over so whatever comes your way, wherever you stay clean, you have authority over. So we just commissioned each other in small groups and different places. We washed feet throughout the church. And, uh, and then also that day we blessed each other's feet and symbolism of, of what Jesus did. Then the next week we did um, communion. And uh, how many know that we're just not just to talk about community. We're not just to, to just do community, but we're to be a community, right? And I'm going to talk just a little bit more on that today. In the upper room, they are in one mind and one what? Accord. They were in unity. And then all of a sudden, major things started happening because of his Holy Spirit. Um, but anyway, so we did communion. And, and that was just Jesus releasing the disciples, bringing them in, having the Last Supper. Just really powerful. And then last week, we talked about the cross. So we had commissioning, communion, the cross. And the cross is just, isn't it amazing? And, and Friday night, they watched the Passion of the Christ. And it's probably the greatest depiction of the crucifixion that I've ever seen or witnessed. It's so graphic, it's, it's hard to actually watch. And, uh, and it, we might just make that a Good Friday tradition. I don't know. It was really good from what I heard, and uh, we couldn't make it. But it was just, when you see what Jesus endured for you, yes. when you see the price he paid for us, it makes you appreciate it. And, and every bit of sin, every bit of wreckage, every bit of mess-ups, every bit of bad mistakes, choices, Every bit of disease, every bit of ailment, every bit of depression fell off at the cross. Amen. His blood paid for it all. And we talked about that last week. And we're just going to go back into that a little bit today because I believe that's part of the celebration. But I believe that the greatest, the greatest part of today in the celebration is that he's alive. Amen. He rose from the dead. The tomb was empty, right? The tomb was empty so we could be full. His body was broken so we could be whole. And he rose to life eternally so we could live eternally. We could live eternally with him no matter if we die or not. We were trying to explain that one to the kids this week. That was funny. Like, no matter if your body dies, and Aaron's like, or Nicole's like, 
There's no pain in there, right? So I had to stop it. So I'll just share a quick family story, and we'll go right into week four, the celebration. Uh, yesterday, I woke up um, to some yelling kids, and we, we made the kids a deal. How many, anybody watch Shark Tank in here? Yeah. We really like that show. So we were watching it with the kids, really clean show. It's usually really appropriate and good. And uh, so we were watching it, and Chloe's like, I've got a deal for you. And uh, we're like, all right. You and Evie, Olivia was at Grandma and Grandpa, so I said, you pitch it. You guys stand up there, Mommy and Daddy, we're the sharks, you pitch it. And Chloe's like, if I stay up 20 more minutes, then I'll sleep in tomorrow. Okay? And Nicole's like, all right, I'll give you 25 minutes, but you have to sleep in until 9.30. You can't get out of your rooms so and we can't hear you or see you until 9.30. Chloe's like, done, it's a deal. So she took the deal, and uh, so about 8.45 rolls around. Nicole's out taking care of stuff at the grocery, jogging, just different things. And uh, I start hearing the girls just getting at it. I mean, they are, Evie's just yelling, cut, just blah. And I'm, uh, I'm still just hanging out in bed, just lounging and, and just hanging out with Hadassah. And, uh, you know, you got to make sure she doesn't roll off the bed. So when she takes her morning nap, somebody has to lay with her. Okay? And just get a couple more minutes of sleep. So it's sacrifice, you know, carrying that cross. So anyway, uh, I go in there, and I'm like, what are you guys yelling about? And Evelyn's like, she's snoring. And now they're playing Barbies and the Lincoln Logs in Evelyn's room. So I'm like, snoring? What do you mean? Chloe fell asleep playing with me, and then she was snoring. And, and Chloe looks up at me, it's true. I'm like, what? So Evie, she's like, I told her if she was gonna fall asleep and start snoring, she could snore in her own room, and I wanna play here. So I just start laughing, and I just have to walk away. And Chloe's like, and there she is with her blanket, like Lincoln log in one hand, blanket in the other. I'm like, oh man, this is just a fun life. So, so anyway, let's, let's go to the celebration. It, it truly is a celebration. Jesus is life. He's hope. He is a redeemer. He's a healer. He's a savior. He is Messiah. There's nothing around that. There's no name above his names, and there's no greater miracle than Jesus on earth. And, and this was a funny question. You guys ever had a debate about something like which came first, the chicken or the egg? So, so Nicole and I are like, she's like, now how many people do you really think observe Easter religiously in, a, in the world? You know, we're having one of these deep conversations. And uh, she's like, do you think Christmas or Easter is more popular? And, uh, and I said, I don't know. What's the greatest miracle? Jesus being born in a virgin birth or conquering death, hell, and the grave and rising in eternity? And she's like, I don't know. Which came first, the, the, the egg or the chicken? But greater, both are great miracles, right? A virgin birth placed on earth in the flesh, sacrificing himself to be the atonement for you and I, to forgive our sin, right? To die on a cross and then goes into the grave. They rule the tomb. And, and last night we were reading about, as a family, they're wrapping him in the cloths. And I'm like, there has to be something too. When he was born in a manger, the swaddling clothes were wrapped around him, right? And now they're wrapping him in, in, in cloth again in the, in the tomb, for the tomb. And I, I'm like, I think there's something to do with that. And I'm like, you know, is it, do we finish the same way we start? And I haven't wrapped my mind around that. But isn't it really good to kind of think about? Yeah. So you can go there with it and figure out what God gives you. But anyway, then you rolled away the tomb, the, the stone in front of the tomb, it's empty. 
and Jesus is alive. He ascended to heaven. So here's where we are today. The celebration of Jesus. The celebration of the resurrection. Some people call this Easter Sunday. Some people call it Resurrection Sunday. And that really doesn't matter to me because I know he's alive and he is risen and he is well. And he's seated in the heavenlies. He's seated on the throne and he is father, right? So here we are just celebrating this. And, and I just know that when he ascended to heaven, so, so first off, he had journeyed. And I just have a few things here. Um, how many use the, use the U version app on your... Yeah, I pretty much depend on that, and it crashed, so I have no access to it right now. So, praise God, we're going we're gonna to go, the old, I said we were returning to some old-fashioned things, right? So, I've got the paper out today, so uh, I repo, but anyway, so we're going to really just journey through this a, a little bit, and we're going to be in Acts 1 and 2, we're going to be in some of the epistles, uh, but I really want to start at John 19, 1930 is really where I'm going to focus just for a little bit here. I think it's time we look at some things in the face and say it is finished. So 1930 says this, and I'm an NLT. 1930 it reads like this. When Jesus had tasted, so let's start at 28. Jesus knew that his mission was now finished. And to fulfill scripture, he said, I am thirsty. A jar of sour wine was sifting there, so they soaked a sponge, was sitting there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put it on a hyssop branch, and held it up to his lips. When Jesus had tasted it, he said, it is finished. Then he bowed his head and released his spirit. Say, it is finished. See, Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave. He conquered the cross. And when it was done, he said, it is finished. It's time, and he said that it's finished, so everything that's incomplete in our life can be complete. Everything that's not finished can be finished. God is a finishing God. I believe it doesn't matter how you start, it's how we finish. The Bible says that you've fought a good fight, you've finished the race, you've kept the faith. It's not as much how you start, but it's how you finish. And Jesus said it is finished, so I think it's time that we have the authority of heaven on earth through what Jesus did on the cross, to look at our sin, to look at our mistakes, to look at our bad choices and say, it is finished. To look at our trials, to look at our circumstances, to look at our bank accounts that are maybe empty or even negative and say, it is finished. To look at our marriages that maybe aren't doing so well, but they have hope of Christ in them, to say, it is finished and it is going to be good and it is going to be heaven on earth and we're getting back to Eden. It's time we look at some things in our workplace when we might be facing layoffs or certain things and say, it is finished. I've got a job, and if it's not here, he's promoting me elsewhere. Yes. It's time we look at the things in our life that maybe aren't going so good to say, you know what? I have faith in God, and I don't have to lose sleep over this. I don't have to fret about this. I don't have to be in fear. I no longer am a slave, yes. but I'm a child of God because it is finished. So when he finished it, it, he didn't just leave and say it's finished and now we're done. Now here's where I believe the celebration comes in. And there's two things that stuck out in my mind and in my spirit this week. Two times that I just really recall a huge party. And that is when a sinner, when one sinner repents, angels in heaven rejoice. The Bible says that when one sinner repents, angels in heaven rejoice. So here, just one sinner repenting, the angels, heaven's throwing a party for that sinner, for, for hope, for life, to bring them into eternity. 
So when sinners are repenting in here and they're finding the hope of God and they're finding the hope of Jesus and they're finding the redeeming grace and the mercy and the love of God, now all of a sudden there's a party going on and there should be a party going on in here. Amen. The other time in the Bible that I just really sticks out to me as a party is, is in heaven. So, so I mean, it's, it's in the upper room. So first is heaven. When sinners are repenting, there's angels throwing a party. And I always used to say, you know, they're breakdancing and breaking out cardboard and and doing these things. But anyway, the other time it's the upper room. So when Jesus ascended, and he's, and he's leaving the earth, and you can read this in Acts 1. It's, Acts is a really great chapter. It's a really great book. Chapter 1 and 2 are just really stand out to me. But anyway, the celebration didn't just finish when Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave. Death, hell, and the grave. <laughs> Can somebody get me some water? That would be amazing. Anybody. So, so he, that was only the starting point. Listen, salvation is not the apex of what God has us here. If that was the end, if that was the, the epitome, if that was the end all be all, it's the greatest thing. I, I, I get that. But it, thank you so much. But if that was it, then we'd have body bags up at the altar as sinners are repenting, coming in to the eternal life of Jesus. Because if that was it, God would take them because their purpose was done. So, so what I look at is, that's the starting place. When Jesus said, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy in John 10, 10. But Jesus came to give life and life abundantly. So when he's giving life, he's giving eternal life. Now you can live life abundantly on earth as it is in heaven. So he says, pray this prayer, pray like this, kingdom come. How many know that kingdom already came? His name was Jesus. Yeah. He came to earth to be an example, to bridge the gap between us and the Father, breaking off sin, breaking off ailments, breaking off everything, so we can have a complete connection to God, and the veil was torn. Yes. Let your will be done. What's his will? What we discussed the last few weeks, his will is anything he's called. Any role, he's healer, he's redeemer, he's savior, he's, he's prince of peace, he's counselor. So what's he doing? He's healing, he's saving, he's counseling, he's bringing peace, right? So whatever his will is, is what he's called. So let your will be done on earth as it is where? In heaven. So earth, if we're bringing God into us, and is Christ in us the hope of what? Glory. We should be bringing heaven to earth through Christ in us, the hope of glory. So when sinners are repenting, angels are rejoicing. And when the Holy Spirit's in me, I should be a party all around me, bringing glory to everybody around me. Because it's Christ in me, the hope of glory. That's a celebration. So, so when we get to the upper room, all of a sudden, he gives instruction in Acts 1. He's saying, I'm going to be leaving you, but the scripture has to be fulfilled. Oh, that's so good. So cold and so good. So Jesus, he journeyed the earth. I'm going to get back here, okay? And I'm actually like halfway done or so. And I just believe we're going to have like a celebration tunnel, all right? We've had fire tunnels. We've had all these tunnels. I just believe today is the day of a celebration tunnel. And when we leave here, and when we go to our families, when we go back to our workplace tomorrow, we're not just doing church on Sunday. We're being the church every day. Yeah. We're not just celebrating Jesus on Easter. We're celebrating Jesus every minute of our lives. And we're praying without ceasing. And we're a continual celebration of who he is in us. Yes. The hope of glory. Mm -hmm. 
So when Jesus was on earth in his last few days, so he's coming into Jerusalem, and, and we've journeyed through this the last few weeks. And I said this the first week, and I just, I just want to say this again. In John 11, I, I started with this scripture to start church if you aren't here. I'm the resurrection and the life. So Jesus comes to Jerusalem, and, and he goes through Bethany, and he's, he's going back and forth the last couple of days here. And he's going into Jerusalem, and he's sleeping in Bethany a couple nights. And I said, why? Why was the, what's the point of that, God? And, and God just showed me something, that Bethany was the place, and it's known, it's still there, is the tomb of Lazarus. And, and, and going back to it is finished. I believe this, Jesus came to earth to bring life anywhere where there's death. Amen. Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave, and he rose and he's risen and he's alive to bring life anywhere where there's death. So the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is what? Eternal life. So Jesus came and he went to Bethany, I believe, as a prophetic act that anywhere in our life. So he said he came to seek and save that which was lost. What's that? It wasn't just who was lost. It wasn't just those who are lost. To seek and save that which was lost. So that is sin. That is depression. That is, is negativity. That is fear. That is is. Poverty, that is divorce, that is that, that is that, that is that. Amen. Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost, to bring life to anything that that leads to death. Come on. So we celebrate that today, but hopefully this is just the starting point of our celebration every day, the other 364 days of the year. We'll probably have twice as many people in our church in the second service. Okay, so we're going to reach a few hundred people today. But we shouldn't just set aside Christmas and Easter to give God some credit. Yeah. To cook up a ham or a, or, or a turkey or whatever we, we cook and say, okay, now let's celebrate Jesus and post it on Instagram. This is a starting point. And the party is a starting point. Salvation, eternal life, upon salvation, recognizing and accepting Jesus as Savior into our hearts, that's a starting point of eternal life. That's a starting point of life abundantly. That's a starting point of Christ in us, the hope of glory. That's a starting point of the day of Pentecost and pouring out His Spirit on all flesh. Yes. So let's get to Acts 2 here. Are you with me? Who needs you version? We got the word in our heart, right? Actually, it was really good this week. We, we got to talk to Chloe about that. Nicole was ministering to somebody in line, and, uh, and just her name was um, Zephaniah, right? Zephaniah 3.17 says that the Father delights in us. He rejoices over us. So, so Nicole quoted the scripture, Zephaniah 3.17, to this girl. Who, who had never read Zephaniah and, and had just recently heard of it three times in the last week for the first wow. time ever. Wow. And so Nicole's like, your name is actually a book in the Bible. Did you know that? I just found out and I've heard that three times in the last week. She's like, well, I just want to read a verse over your life. And she's like, God, he rejoices over you. He delights in you. And she just repeated this verse over and over. And the Holy Spirit was just falling on them. And like they were getting all jacked up. And then when they left there, Chloe's, Nicole told Chloe, she's like, Chloe, you see how important it is? To put the word in your heart. If I wouldn't have known the word in my heart, I wouldn't have been able to quote that scripture to her or even know that that's a book of the Bible and touch her and reveal God's love to her in that way right now. Amen. So, rabbit trail is, no pun intended today. 
The rabbit trail is, you got to put the word in your heart. And you got to know that you can't just rely on me a few verses every Sunday morning. Uh, so anyway, going to Acts 2. So this was a promise. Jesus told the disciples, go wait for it. So they became in unity. And, and, and here's the cool thing. When you study Acts 2, when you study Acts, you see that that church, the first church, it wasn't about a building. They met in a meeting room. It wasn't a church building. They didn't, he didn't send them to the temple, which I think is really cool. But then they didn't stay there. So, so here's the celebration. Now, again, we've talked about the cross last week, so we're still tying it in this week. But that is the starting point. It is the starting point of eternal life. It's the starting point of releasing God's goodness across our communities and our spheres of influences and our workplaces. And I'm talking whole house salvations. I'm talking whole workplace salvations, whole school salvations. It's for us. It's for our kids. It's for our kids' kids. God died for all of us. He so loved the world. So getting into Acts 2, it says, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, on top of their heads. There's a reason. Listen, true transformation is signified by the renewing of our mind. The biggest battle is between our ears. I believe that the fire, the flame had to rest on the heads of the saints of the early days, the same as they have to rest now, to renew our mind. Otherwise, it's just information, but it leads to transformation. A transformed life is proof by a renewed mind. How we see people, how we think, how we look at sin. It's a renewed mind. That's the difference between just having information and transformation. So, they were sitting, and what looked like flames of tongues on fire appeared and settled on them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation. So then at that time, here's what happened. So the Jews, the people in the street, okay, came and they witnessed this and they saw this and, and everybody's native tongue was being translated. And it actually says in the next couple of verses, you can read it on your own. It says that they could hear them talking about in their own native tongue, all of them, the goodness of God. Amen. Then it says, They stood there amazed. What can this mean? They asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, They're just drunk. That's all. Then Peter stepped forward with the eleven other apostles and shouted to the crowd, Carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. And then he goes through. I'm just going to read a little bit of this. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. So, so listen, I just want to account for this right now. Just a quick break. So Acts 2, we, were, we got to talking about the Holy Spirit in a group. An amazing conversation began to break out. And, and Zach... Was, was saying that actually if you go to Acts 12 this was the Jews receiving it but in Acts 12 then the Gentiles received a similar outpouring yeah. and then if you go to Romans if you go to Corinthians and you follow the timeline out the Holy Spirit began to baptize people from decades and even centuries later as proof in the Bible this is not a cessation church where we believe the gifts and the Holy Spirit ceases to exist when Jesus or the apostles left the earth yeah. he is alive and well and he's the same yesterday today and forever yeah. 
He wasn't just for the first church. This celebration of him is for all churches everywhere for every generation. This salvation is for everyone. Muslims, Hindus, Christians. <laughs> Some Christians still need salvation. It's easy to have a bumper sticker on the back of your car. But how you reveal the Father isn't like this driving down the interstate. No. <laughs> nice ichthus. It's for every generation. It's for all people. Every nation. Every tongue. Right? So then he goes on. He says, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above the signs on the earth below. Blood and fire, clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen. And he goes on and he goes on and he goes on. And he says he preached a long time. Sometimes like me. He preached a long time. But then it says at the end, and then 3,000 were added to them that day. 3,000 of them. Listen, the Holy Spirit is here. He is here. He's, he's inside us. He's around us. If you don't know Jesus as Savior, He's here today to save you. If you don't know Him as healer, He's here, here to heal you. If you don't know Him as Redeemer, He's here to redeem you today. He is the hope of glory. I want to go to one more, one more verse in the Bible. 2 Corinthians 5. Start at 17. 16 is really cool. It says that we no longer look at people in the flesh or with human eyes. We look at them in the spirit. Yeah. Then it says this. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Yeah. Let's skip to 21. For God made Christ who never sinned. To be the offering for our sin. Amen. So that we could be made right with God through Christ. Hallelujah. Listen, he's made all wrong things right. He's made all old pass away to become new. He's made us all new creatures in him. We're a new creature. He's making all things new. That deserves a celebration. We're going to ask the band to come up here. And we're going to have a celebration tunnel. And I believe this. And I'm just going to close with this. The Holy Spirit came with a purpose and it came with power. Amen. He came to be presence, but he came with a purpose and he came with power. Because sometimes we can't just explain it out. Sometimes we can't learn it out. Sometimes we can't just think it through. Sometimes we need flames of fire to rest upon us that we don't even have to explain it. Listen, it's called the supernatural for a reason. Super means above. Natural means us to be able to process and think it naturally. Above our natural reasoning, the supernatural became real and so it should be our natural. Amen. Jesus was the most natural Christian to ever walk the earth and he did signs, wonders, and miracles. He's perfect theology. We need no more to learn. Jesus is perfect theology. Study what he did be like Him. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. We celebrate that. But here's the deal. The Bible says this. It says to actually seek after the gifts. And when you go to do a, a research on the text of that, if you go back to some of the Greek and Hebrew, it actually says, seek after, desire all the gifts. 
He says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And he's withholding nothing for those who seek him. And today, I believe it's a day of salvation because every day is a day of salvation. We don't have to put it off till tomorrow. Jesus didn't put off the cross. He willingly went to the cross for you and I. We don't have to do sin management and try to figure it out and try to just behave right and do behavior modification. There comes an instant upon salvation that Jesus becomes real in our lives. We have an encounter with him because we encounter what he did on the cross and we encounter his Holy Spirit that he left as a promise to us. And then suddenly we want to live right. Suddenly we want to live out of love because we've encountered Messiah. We've encountered the King of Kings. We've encountered the glory of God. And it's good. It's good. So it is real. Sin is real, but salvation is real. The separation from the Father was real, but the cross was real to bring us right back into covenant, right back into relationship, right back into being whole, even though Jesus was broken. That was the purpose of what Jesus did here on earth. He was revealing the Father, and he was completing the work to lead us to an eternity with no gap, and the veil was torn. Then, that was the starting point. And the day of Pentecost is the starting point of life abundantly. And today, we're going to just ask, like, fire starters and the School of Supernatural Ministry students to just form a tunnel here. And as you leave today, we just want you to just walk through the tunnel. It's just a celebration tunnel. But if you want gifts of the Spirit, if you want the baptism of the Spirit, if you, if you need salvation, I want to personally pray for you. Because I'm gonna, we're just going to throw a party for you. We're going to join with the angels. Listen, today is the day of salvation. Amen. It's a day of being with family. And it's a day of, of eating ham. And, and my mother-in-law makes the best peanut butter pie ever. Ooh. No offense, Kim or Kelly Bergman. You guys, have, you guys have really put that to the test. It's been a very, very, very close second. But still nothing beats Mama Kim's peanut butter pie. And it's amazing. It really is amazing. <laughs> Let me get on with this. But nothing would be greater today than you finding your Father who's always been there for you, who always has looked out for you. There's nothing greater today. There's no food that can compare. There's no drink that can compare. There's no drug that can compare to the goodness of God. Listen, this is reality. The cross is reality. I don't need a drug to take me into fantasy when I have God's reality living in me as the hope of glory. So let me pray over you first, and then we'll do a, a celebration tunnel. God, we just thank you for conquering death, hell, and the grave. We thank you that salvation is a starting point. We thank you for the day of Pentecost. We thank you for pouring out your spirit in a tangible way. And we thank you that it is a promise for today, for tomorrow, for the generations to come, and it never changes. Your cross never gets watered down. Your resurrection never gets watered down. Your Holy Spirit never gets watered down. Your gifts, your manifestations, your promises never get watered down. So we thank you, God, that today could mark a new day. That today we are being new creatures. That you're making all things new today. Easter of 2015 is our day of new beginnings. It's our day of new starting points. It's our day of just going fresh, God. And we thank you for that. You are amazing. Yes. Jesus.